Thank you for listening to BLC's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message, brought to you by John Crompton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. So, um, what, I, what I just wanted to um, link in with where we were in worship, because for, for some folk, um, you, you might not have come from a, an understanding or a background where people actually sing beyond what the words are on the screen. And, um, and it might be a little bit like, wow, did they forget the words? You know, must the worship team have more practice so they can remember the words? What they're actually doing is they're doing what's written about in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And verse 14 says, um, sorry, verse 15. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. And what Paul is doing, he's writing to these Corinthians, and they're having some of the most amazing revival times. These guys were filled with the power of the spirit, and they'd experienced the same anointing, the same outpouring of the Holy Spirit, much as what had happened on the day of Pentecost. This is Acts chapter 2. Some of you know your Bible. Okay, and then again in Acts chapter 4, we see this thing happening where there's an outpouring of the Spirit. And again in Acts chapter 10, when Cornelius and and the the Gentiles were meeting and the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they were praising God in the Spirit in in heavenly languages. And so what happens is that um, Jesus said to his followers, listen guys, I've been training you, you've had three and a half years intensive training, but now... You need to wait in Jerusalem until the power of the Spirit comes upon you, and then you'll be my witness locally, regionally, and internationally. And so there's this this thing that God invites us into, experiencing not just being born again, in other words, my sins are forgiven and I put my faith, my hope in Jesus. And if I believe, I'm entering into eternal life, which begins now. All right, good theology. But it continues because it's eternal and obviously we will be with him forever. But there is this this empowering by the Spirit, and Jesus said, it's really good that I go to be with my Father. It's good that I go because when I go, another one just like me will come, the Spirit, the Comforter. And so we need Holy Spirit. And when He comes, He he not just sort of like cruises alongside, but He actually is on the inside. And so there's a filling, there's a saturating, there's a being led by the Spirit as opposed to being led by our own intellect. All right? And so when we are filled with the Spirit, we've been baptized. That's the first experience is baptism. Beyond that is infilling. Sorry, I'm getting into teacher mode, yeah? But, but there's the, the, this refilling, this infilling, and one of the signs 
that we see throughout the scriptures. Almost every instance, they would praise the Lord in the language of the Spirit. So when we gather together as people who recognize that God is still alive, that he's still doing things, that he's still powerful, he still speaks today. My sheep hear my voice. So we're a sheep, we, sheep of his pasture, we hear his voice, he speaks to us, he speaks to us by the Spirit. Those who will worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so we, 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 we are enabled, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness when we pray, but also in our worship. He causes us to, to worship, and, and so we can go to places we could never go if we were just relying on our own intellect. And we're communing spirit to spirit. Okay. So when we gather together and we're worshiping the Lord, we run out of English words. And, and or whatever your home language may be. And then the spirit comes and he, and he gives to us, he expresses things that way beyond it. He, sometimes in the prayer context, he talks about groans. Things that can't even be uttered, formed in, in words. But it's just like, there's just from deep within, like a deep crying to deep. And so when we, when we launch out into the language of the spirit, it's like a heavenly language. It's kind of like, this sounds a little bit like our father who is in heaven, honored and hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, what are they doing in heaven? They're worshiping the Lord. And, and it, the Bible describes that there's the tongue of men and of angels, that there are heavenly languages. So we get to participate and partake now on earth as in heaven, which is heavenly languages, languages in the spirit. And that is what was happening this morning. This is amazing, guys. This is amazing because the Holy Spirit's helping us to worship and, and to engage with the Lord, to commune with Him, which is like way beyond just rational thinking. Way beyond your emotion, your feeling. It's now going spirit to spirit. Hmm. Okay, I've got good news. The good news is it's not just for these people on the platform. It's for all of us. And the invitation is that when we're in our times of worship, we say, Holy Spirit, would you help me? And just go with what the Spirit is doing. And open up your voice and allow the Spirit to sing through you. Do you remember this old guy called Francis of Assisi? Make me an instrument of righteousness and peace and all these things. How about, Lord, may my body become an instrument of worship, that the Spirit might use me, my vocal cords, as an instrument by the Spirit, of the Spirit, in the Spirit, and we worship in spirit and in truth. And we allow that spiritual language to find expression. 
That's actually, when we talk about being a charismatic church, which is not such a great label, but we get to understand. In other words, it's an understanding that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are still alive, available, working in God's people. Charismata, the gifts. So we want to participate with what Holy Spirit is doing, and guess what? At Breakthrough. We're going flat out. Flat out. Hmm. Okay. Now all of you said, hmm, nodded, smiled. I'll take that as a yes. That means you're in. You just committed yourself in. So guess what we're going to do next Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be listening to your neighbor and you now have got good reason. You've got permission to elbow them. Yeah, you say, hey, I can't hear you more. Turn it up. Let's, let's go for it in the spirit. Let's not be tentative and hold back. Okay, we got it. All right. Here endeth the first lesson. Next one. Wasn't it? Awesome to have some of our heroes in the faith in this building. That just astounding. You know, Sean Boltz has trimmed his itinerary right back. He's not doing local church events because of the, the Lord leading him in a particular way with a particular strategy because he's in Hollywood and he's using media and technology to reach many more people simultaneously than could just be in one building at one time. All right. So it was quite an extraordinary privilege for us to have Sean in the building and he's just released a book called Breakthrough. I mean, could... You don't even have to be half prophetic to see that this is something unusual. All right. And then I loved that he picked on some of the key things that we're on about. We're on about a lot more things, but there was a highlighting of things. One of the things that he highlighted was around worship, around prayer, around creativity, all these kinds of things. And another thing that he picked on was the, the, the wealth, the business environment, and, and moving in, in, in that direction. And as I was driving back to the place we were staying with, with the, our speakers, I said, you know, it's pretty extraordinary, but you picked up on two of the mandates that the Lord put on my life. So some of you haven't heard the story. So let's rewind back to, oh, Jonas going to make us sound old. Because I'm still young, you know, I'm about 25. Um, <clears throat> so I just finished university and actually was about to finish university. It was in, in my fourth year. And um, 
went away on a kind of like a prayer retreat and uh, Lord, what should my life be about? Because I'd been doing a, I, I did a BCom. And uh, so I went away and I took two cassette tapes. <laughs> yep. That was the, that was, I mean, I had a Walkman. Uh, technology, eh? And, um, and I, I, just, I just happened to take two cassette tapes with me. In those days, you used to get tape of the month. And um, so one was by Jack Hayford, and it was called Instructed in the Song of the Lord. And it was all about experiencing the presence of God in and through worship. And how atmospheres were shifted and changed and demonic entities displaced through worship. At that stage, I wasn't a worship leader. I used to play some instruments. I tried, okay. Uh, but that was interesting because that was going to become a major emphasis in terms of worship and what's ultimately on this house, which is why we're hosting the Breakthrough School of Worship, which is why Sean Foyt is contacting me through the night like, hey, John, can I come back again in July? Like, can we come back with Bethany and Chris? And can Andrew and Kirsten Steele and the, the, the Burn team come back? And it's just kind of like, Wow. And he said, I just feel such a close connection with South Africa. And so there's this, this interesting kind of connection that the Spirit has done. Way beyond our own size or anything like that. Do you understand? Folks, this is not normal. This is unusual favor. That's on us on that. But it's because... There's something about what God is calling us to do and to be. And then Sean picks up on this and he talks about worship collaborations and the arts and all the rest of it. And I didn't even know, but in the building are some guys in South Africa who are some of the most listened to people around. I didn't even know they were in the building. Yeah, it's lacquer, man. It's lacquer. You see, something of his anointing, the bridge into creativity, the arts, media, the entertainment industry, it's something that we knew God was, was doing, but he's, he's bringing us into what he promised or prophesied years ago. That's why it's lacquer. That's why we don't go and ask people for autographs. When they're here, they're here to worship, they're here to be family, Good? Good. So we've got, we've got this emphasis on worship. We've got this emphasis on the presence of God, something that's a mandate. And I didn't realize, but I tracked all the way back to like, oh, yes, one of those cassette tapes that I listened to. When I walked away, kind of like, oh, Lord, at the end of that weekend, I still had no real clue, and I thought God wasn't speaking to me. And yet, 
that was the one tape. The other tape was by Bob Mumford, and it was called Mammon, A Prophetic Insight. And he, he spoke around the whole thing of wealth and finances and, and the interaction um, with business people and so on. Spoke about diff, someone who was going to, um, about whew, 10 years later, become a dear friend of ours, a chap called Earl Pitts, who the Lord used around the planet to help with an understanding of finances. And he'd been referenced in this tape. And um, so it's kind of like, wow, this thing of business and finance and wealth and, uh, and this thing of, of presence and worship. And Sean picks up on that. You were here the Saturday night? Picked up on that. And it's amazing. And then he, again, reiterate a little bit on the Sunday. This is kind of like, wow. The Lord, is, his eye is on us. And he's leading us and he's guiding us because of his purposes. You know, it's, he's way ahead of the game than we think he is. And he's doing so much more than often we realize. Yeah, Remember Elijah? He's, he's moaning to God. I'm the only one left. I'm the only righteous one. And God says, well, actually, CNN didn't cover this, but I've got 7,000 prophets, righteous men that are being kept in caves. You're not the only one. What's the point? God is doing 7,000 more things than you know about. So God is doing a heap of things with us, in us, through us, but there's a whole lot of things that he's orchestrating. We don't even know that he's doing it, but he's doing it in order that we might come into the fullness of his purposes. It's not about us. It's always about him. So I just, I just love that the, 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 the prophetic came in without knowing much about us. He thought he was just coming for a conference and then we snuck in the Saturday and the Sunday. So he didn't know anything about the name of our church or what we did, or anything like that. And so what, what's, I'm just highlighting the fact that it wasn't out of knowledge, it was out of prophetic insight he spoke those things. So that's cool, yeah? Okay. So we want to go after these things. Fantastic. And then Bill just coming back to the cornerstone messages and, and just dropping in, into, into place in a kind of fatherly, apostolic way. God is good. And it's something we've been pushing after since 2008. And, and we still encounter some resistance in our own thinking. Okay, no, you acts are perfect. Let me try these one. <laughs> we still encounter some backlash in our own thinking as to is God really good? Is he really that good? Because there are circumstances that will challenge that. And there are many Christian authors who would not agree with that. But when you have the lenses of kingdom and you look through scripture, you just see in the Old Testament writings how often this crops up. God is good. Read any good Psalms lately? It's littered with the statement that God is good. 
He's the good shepherd. He's not the bad shepherd. He's the good shepherd. So this thing that, that God is good. Nothing is impossible. Oh my goodness. I remember we had a banner. We were in the downstairs auditorium. We had a banner about nothing is impossible. Chains being broken. Yeah? Nothing's impossible. Everything that needed to be accomplished in the cross was accomplished. Everything's settled. The cross settled it all. Hmm? Now that doesn't mean we sit back and we do nothing. No. In response to what he's done and settled at the cross, we now live a life that pleases him. Mm, I'm going to keep hammering that one because of so much confusion in the body of Christ where people misunderstand our role and our response in cooperation with him because of what he's done. We don't do things to earn. No, he's accomplished it on the cross. But in response, now we do. And everyone's significant. We're all called. Every single one of us is in full-time ministry. Come on, neighbor. You're, you're in full-time ministry. You love Jesus? Yeah? Do you only love Jesus for two hours on a Sunday morning? Do you love Jesus every day? Right. So 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you're his. He's called you out of darkness and into light. You're a called one. You have a calling on your life. You are called. You're called to minister to him, to love him, and to love one another. That's a calling. You're in ministry. You're in full-time ministry. Everyone in the body of Christ is in full-time ministry. We're all significant. Our, our pulpits can look different. Maybe your pulpit is the checkout counter. Maybe your pulpit is the classroom. Maybe your pulpit is your workshop. Maybe your, your pulpit is your boardroom. But you got one. This, do you know like only 1% of people who are part of the body of Christ get to do this. Surely, God had bigger intentions than just 1% of the family to actually do stuff. Of course. Yes, it makes sense. We're the army. It's the most ridiculous thing when the church thinks that only the generals can go and fight. No, it, man. In the army, you send the trooper. They're going to do the fighting. Let's get it right. Okay, I'm going to preach myself happy soon. <laughs> so, thank you, all those who volunteered. Uh, the way you served at the conference, just phenomenal. I, I just had so many commendations and thank yous from people from all over. Say, wow, what an amazing team. People were smiling and they were genuine smiles. Even when there were a couple of abusive people around you still maintained your composure. 
Yeah, some people are on the journey. And they, they, they're not yet living their best life. And uh, so thank you for, for being patient and putting up with all that. And um, so we're going to take some time over the next few weeks just to work through some of the words that were released to us in the conference and also to us here as a, as a local church. Because we want to steward things well. We want to, to um, oh, that was a great time and we forget about it, we keep moving on. No, no, Lord, you spoke. All right? So there was something significant that you wanted to deposit. So let us chew through it, make sure that we get everything that God has for us. Is this good? Okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll be doing that through our connect groups. And um, yeah. And then just the other thing just to bring to attention is that in the second service today, we're going to be uh, joining uh, as a family a number of folk who've been through the joining the family course and they're kind of like officially saying, yes, we're in. We're being adopted into the family. So we're going to lay hands on them and their connect group leaders are going to, you know, be joining with them, and so, hallelujah, the family's growing. Apparently, we were warned that this was going to be a year of increase, growth, double. Yeah? Is that good? So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. So, uh, I know that we're doing it in the second service, so you're not going to see it, but I just want you to know that there are going to be a lot more people in the family. Praise the era. Amen. All right. I have only a few minutes left for my fourth sermon of the morning. <laughs> Isaiah 61. And we've been clipping along for the last um, while now as we've been just revisiting one of the kind of like the bedrock scriptures for us that um, helps to shape, it's like the, the banks of the river shape the flow and the direction of what God has for us and how we should live, how we should respond. And so um, I'm just going to pick out a little portion. I'm not going to read the whole thing because we've done it so many times. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It's the year of jubilee, the year of cancellation of debts, the year when slaves get released. And so we're expecting massive things to shift and change in our lives in this year. Okay, Here's, I've got some good news for you. The year of Jubilee began with Jesus and every year is a year of Jubilee. Yeah, You don't have to wait for one team that was prophesied to win the Super Bowl, took them 50 years to do it, Jubilee, to then say, okay, this is going to be Jubilee. But it just kind of like helps us, kind of like, wow, Lord, you actually are doing these kind of Jubilee things. Whatever will ignite your faith, latch onto it. But don't just sit there. Let's trust the Lord. He's going to do miraculous things. All right? When you are facing bankruptcy, liquidation, all these kinds of things, you need to come out from under that thing. That disaster does not define you. New beginnings, restoration, right? Oh, look what I found in my pocket. 
It's my wife's wedding ring. Actually, wedding rings. Do you know the story of this? So, some years ago, um, there was a redistribution of wealth exercise that happened in our house. And, um, and so, uh, Lisa's wedding ring was stolen. And uh, we, uh, at that time, didn't have a lot of resource, but uh, we replaced the, the, the wedding ring, and I, I tried to get some of the, incorporate some of the themes of the original wedding ring. And um, so there's the wedding band, and then there, there were the, the two, well, there are two wedding bands around the engagement ring, all right? And so we tried to create the same kind of a look, but we just added more sparkle, because now we had kids and all the rest of it, and, and she was shining. And um, so one Sunday, we, we'd come back from a ministry trip or something like that. It was meant to be my Sunday off. I just couldn't stay away. Come on, let's go to church. Where should we go? Well, ours is a really good one. Why don't we go? I really want Breakthrough to be a place where we don't go because we have to go. We go because we can. What a, you know? Listen, if I'm not having fun, you're not having fun. So for me, it's got, we got to have fun. Being religious, I can't do. Mm, okay. So we're, we're getting ready to go, and um, my folks had actually been staying in the house looking after the boys. And so we'd cleared out the shelves and whatever to make space for them. So we knew that the shelf had been empty and this wedding ring had been lost for about eight months. Lisa reaches in to grab the replacement ring and as she, without looking, takes it and puts it on the finger, it's kind of like, but this feels different. She looks down. It's that wedding ring that had been lost, stolen, for eight months, suddenly reappeared in that place. And that shelf had been cleaned out and somebody else had been living in our house for about three weeks. Six weeks, sorry, six weeks. So in other words, this wasn't like, oh, I thought it was there, but I didn't look properly. And no, 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 no. Genuine. So then she reached in, and then there was obviously the replacement ring. It's kind of like, wow, what should I do? So she put it on and said, well, look, hey. So she puts one on the wedding finger and the other one on the other hand. And in worship that morning, so it was a good thing we came to worship. As she's holding her hands up, the Lord says, look, what do you see? And she says, I see two rings. He says, yes, because I want you to have a permanent sign of double portion. Guys, this thing of double portion means something to us. That ring was restored supernaturally. Yeah? Imagine the look on the other person's face when the angel suddenly whipped it off <laughs> and returned it. 
the Lord's serious about restoring, about jubilee, things that have been lost, being returned. He's doing this. And he gives us supernatural signs to encourage us that actually he means what he says. He's going to do it. Oh, too excited. Can't, can't even carry on preaching. You know, we talk it. Hmm. <laughs> These declarations we make, it's happening, people. It's happening. I was talking to somebody that came again to remind me of the testimony. So, okay, I'm going to release it, if that's okay. Jewelry shop owner is kind of like, oh, you know, we've had a really good innings. I think we've about done. Hey, maybe we close the, the shop, you know? Should we, shouldn't we, should we, shouldn't we? It comes to renewal of the lease. The mall owner comes to them and says, we want to decrease your monthly rental because we want you to stay. Now, <laughs> we have a problem, the owner says, because we've got too much business we can't keep up. Didn't they just announce we're in a recession? Ah, Lord, your favor, your anointing is on your people. I, funny enough, at the conference, I nearly referenced this thing and then it came out in Bill's talk about 20 minutes later. But this thing of in the wilderness, God manifested himself opposite to the surroundings. So when it was cold at night in the desert, he appeared as light, fire. So they could see. They didn't have to worry about Eskim. In the darkness of the desert, they had the light that came from this pillar of fire and they had the warmth. They didn't freeze in the desert. And in the daytime, God switched around. They had air conditioning. The cloud protected them from being burnt up in the desert. And he did that every day of every week of every month for 40 years. So much so that in that environment, their clothes didn't wear out. Their shoes did not wear out. Supernatural activity. Come on, guys. It's phenomenal. And then Uber Eats. Delivery, right on their doorstep. They just had a pop-out, go and pick it up. It was there. Manna in the wilderness. This is crazy. And on day six, a double miracle. Every other day where they collected more than what they should, it would spoil overnight. But on the sixth day, they could collect a double portion which would not rot and spoil for the seventh day. But if you went to go and look for it on the seventh day, there was none on the ground. It's like all these miracles just like smashed into one. I think God's trying to get our attention. If he can do that for his people under an old covenant, what can he do for his children under a new covenant? You'll be the head, not the tail.
God is with me, whom shall I fear? Even if you lose your job, you haven't lost God, and He hasn't lost you. It's going to be okay. Praise the Yera. Alanasis. Come, let's stand. If I can ask the ministry team to come up, please, that will be good. So I didn't even get to what I was really supposed to preach about, so maybe come back next week and we'll try again. Um, but I just feel the Lord is, is wanting to, to, to shift something in our thinking, in our expectation. Call it faith. That God has got more than enough for you. There's a double portion for you. And that things that have been stolen, things that have been lost, He can restore. And He can do it in the most like extraordinary, remarkable ways. Like a ring that was gone for eight months, all of a sudden reappearing. And then God assigning a message, a symbol to that. God wants to mark us with experiences and with encounters with him that we know without a shadow of a doubt, his eyes upon us, he's got us. Yeah? So we want to take some time this morning. We're going to pray. If, if you are needing a job, you're needing an increase, you're needing the Lord to come through, you're needing debts to be canceled, you're needing a jubilee, you're needing some massive financial thing to be turned around. You've been working on a deal for a long time and it hasn't happened. It's the time for breakthrough. There's an anointing for breakthrough that's being released. Yeah, we don't want to keep running after the carrot and never catching up to it. We're not donkeys. All right, we actually need that breakthrough. So we want to pray into that. The other thing I want to pray into is arthritis. So if you've got pain in your body, it's slowing you down, you can't run and do the things that you want to do. I want to pray, pray into that. I want to pray particularly um, somebody, the left knee on the outer side um, of, the, of the left knee. I want to pray for that. Uh, I want to pray for, um, shall we say a crick in the neck? But you, you've got, whether it was from a pillow, like just sleeping I was going to say funny, but it's not a laughing thing. But just you, you, you slept in a way, that position that's, that, that, that's causing you some discomfort. Yeah? And if there's any other thing, if you're showing signs of flu, sniffs, coughs, anything like that, in Jesus' name. Just, we don't pray like that. Relax, man. Um, but we, we just want to stand with you in agreement. No place for fear. No place for fear. All right. So if there's any of those things, we, we want to pray. But so, Lord, we give you thanks. You are a good father. You do good things. You, 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 you cause our eyes to be lifted off of the situation and the problems because our hope is not in this world. You are the God of all hope. So we lift our eyes up to you. And we ask that you would inject supernaturally an impartation of confidence, boldness, knowing that you are a good father and you take good care of your children. 
So let that be the infusion right now by the power of the Spirit. We ask, Lord, that as we are driving in the traffic this week and we, we're singing along to worship songs, that you would give us a new language from above that we would worship in spirit and truth wherever we go. We're just shifting and changing the atmosphere in traffic. Hallelujah. We just say thank you, Lord, that we're able to bring an influence right across the city as we traverse across all of the roads that we do like Instead of prayer walks, we're doing drive, prayer drives. And we just release prophetic words, encounters, wherever we go. Thank you, Lord, that this is a good day for new beginnings. Just one last thing before we go. If you've never encountered the love of God, if you've never come into your own relationship with Jesus, the cross is the very thing that Jesus went to, he endured, to pay the price, the penalty for sin, that you would not have to pay that price yourself. He's done it for you on your behalf. And he says, open invitation, come and receive mercy, come and receive forgiveness, come and receive eternal life. If you've never done that, I want to encourage you this morning, come to the cross. Brahms here, he'll explain exactly how to come into that relationship with your good heavenly father through Jesus and pray with you. So I want to invite you to, to do that. If you need healing in your body, these amazing folks will, will pray with you. But may you experience the love of God in a whole new way this week. May you walk from this place filled with joy and hope and expectation that the goodness and the mercy of God will follow you all the days of your life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Bless you.